0: Welcome back to the final episode of Redbird Report for the year. I'm your host Scott Priros. With me, as always, I have my co sports editor Reed Watkins. Uh, a big weekend ahead for us, Reed.
1: Definitely, a lot of um, action coming up in Redbird Athletics over the weekend. Excited to get into
0: it. Yeah, we'll start with uh, just a quick recap of uh, ISU Softball's uh, weekend this past week. Uh, they go three and zero against Southern Illinois. Um, had to reschedule Sunday's game into Saturday, so they did the doubleheader there. And that first game of the doubleheader there was uh, something else, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was a tight contest and um, really exciting finish to it as well. Um, you know, the offenses were alive, and it proved to be a long game. It was a long day overall. We were there for about uh, eight hours, um, and it was just um, an exciting day of softball. But yeah, that first one, um, thrilling end to it with Abby Knight tying the game and then taking home plate herself on a wild pitch to walk it off.
0: A uh, really exciting game and a really exciting finish for night. Yeah, definitely a big weekend for them to close it out. They kind of needed to get that three and zero weekend just to head into the tournament because they had lost all three to Northern Iowa. They had just gone two and one against Evansville, but to go three go three and zero against Southern Illinois heading into the tournament, where they are the three seed, correct? Mm-hmm. And they will be facing either Southern Illinois, who they just swept, or UIC, who they swept earlier in the year. Um, that game is played, I believe, tonight if i remember or to, yeah, yeah tonight yeah. i believe and UIC, then they will yeah and then they, that next game will be tomorrow at 7 p.m. Um, that, yeah. i think looking at it i mean they are going up against missouri state they went that's like the team to look out for in that side of the uh, bracket i would say um, that would be the friday night game um, i think they're capable of beating missouri state obviously you went one and two against them in the regular season but they're going to have to bring their best game if they want to be able to advance because Missouri State and Northern Iowa are both incredible teams Mm -hmm. no question about it I
1: think um that Missouri State series was a tough one because um you take that that first game pretty decisively and then drop the next two and you are kind of scrambling to figure out what was happening there and I mean a similar story against you and I except you were just leading in each game and dropped them later um and really couldn't hold on to those leads. So um, they want a shot at both of those teams, I think, and obviously the only way to get a chance against the Panthers, against a rematch, is um, to get through Missouri State to give yourself a chance to meet up with them again.
0: Yeah, obviously I think uh, you can't overlook Southern Illinois. Obviously that first game of the series, that 6-5 win Friday, um, Amanda Fox was a great close to hold off the uh, Salukis, and then obviously that one-run game Saturday where you were losing most of the game. Uh, before you blew them out um, in the second game of that doubleheader, but definitely not somebody to just overlook. But I think this team has the capability of winning this tournament. But like I, like we were both saying, I mean they just have to bring their best game if they want to do that.
1: Definitely, what I wanted to say about Southern is that they seem like a really great team that's lacking pitching. So outside of pitching, they can really compete. Um, but they are one of their pitchers is out for the season, so they're down to two. And as soon as one starts struggling, um, it it becomes dangerous territory. Um, In one of those games this weekend on Friday, their starter went six pitches before getting taken out of the game. So it's, I mean, when that happens, you really have no option but to, um, you know, go to your second person, and if they struggle, you have to bring your first person back in. So it's a challenging situation for them. Um, But like you said, they can't be counted out because aside from a lack of depth in pitching – um
0: their offense is usually there. Exactly. I mean that last game I think was an outlier yeah, so in the bigger picture.
1: It's tough to um you know if they don't if they come out with strong pitching, they are a tough team to compete with.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like we said, uh, Southern Illinois will play UIC. Um I could actually double check that exact time here real quick for you, but then ISU will play tomorrow at 7 p.m. against the winner. Um let's see here. <laughs> if it ever comes up. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Missouri Valley Conference, is, those top three teams are the teams to look out for uh, without a doubt. And I think uh, this next weekend is going to be something really exciting. Um, one second here. I just want to pull this up. If it would ever come up. Interesting. Well, there we go. Um, they will play – Tonight, they're the last game, so 7 p.m. tonight. Um, If you didn't know, Evansville already beat Drake today, 7-0. Indiana State and Valparaiso start in 40 minutes, and then Bradley Belmont at 4 p.m. Before, like I said, that's done in a UIC game, so that'll be the game to look out for to kind of see who the Redbirds are going to be taking on tomorrow uh, evening. Um, Next thing we want to talk about, uh, track and field. Um, They kind of had like a tune-up meet this past weekend uh, just to – try to get some times and throws that might qualify them for regionals, but uh, the meet did lead them to a couple uh, Athlete of the Week honors, Ray Dofa Braziel, and uh, My Joy Williams. Um, Braziel, obviously, on the men's side. Myjoy Williams on the women's side. Uh, Braziel ran a 46.61 second in the 400-meter race, while uh, Williams threw 17.53 meters, a personal best in the women's shot put, um, the best throw in the MVC this season, and that's uh, the next thing I wanted to look at here um, the MVC Championships coming up this weekend. Um, the Redbirds have eight individual um, MVC like leading uh, times and throws, and then two relays. Uh, both the men's and women's four by one hundred meter relay teams are leading the conference, and then five women's uh, five athletes on the women's side are leading um, in events, and then three more on the men's side.
1: Yeah, it's a strong tune-up for this team. Um, I'm. Excited to see how this carries into the NBC championship. You know, we saw the women's team pick to win it and um, the men's team pick to finish second. So I think um, that has to be the expectation. Anything less than that, I would say for both teams, would be considered a disappointment with how strong of seasons they have. Um, I think that there are a lot of individuals ready to put together personal best this weekend, and I think that's what we're going to see in the NBC championship.
0: Yeah, definitely. A couple names to look out for. Hasi Fashina-Bombada, every week we are saying her name. She's been dominant for this team and currently leads the MVC in the 100-meter hurdles. Uh, Radofa braziel like I said earlier, leads the uh, MVC in the 400-meter dash. Talked about Williams leading in shot put on the women's side. Um, Kayla Perry is leading the 400-meter hurdles there. Taylor Kesner leads Discus. Zofia LaHue in Javelin. Um, Jalen Holmes is the leader in the 400 meter hurdles. And then Leslie Fisher is leading the triple jump on the men's side. So, um, a lot to be excited about with this, uh, track and field team. I mean, we talk about it every, every week, but they are consistently producing, uh, strong outcomes, uh, every meet, no matter what kind, no matter how many teams, uh, no matter how competitive they're always, uh, putting up personal best. And I think this is a really exciting program. And like you said, I think anything less than, um, First and maybe even two first, I think would be a disappointment. But I mean, that men's team, Indiana State is a really good program. Um, so it's gonna be really exciting to see how that goes uh, over and actually right by Tri Towers is where the NBC championships are this weekend.
1: Yeah, that's the point I wanted to make was that um, for the men's side, Indiana State is just so strong. they're looking to repeat as conference champions. and um they were picked nine points ahead of ISU in the coaches poll um, which isn't the biggest margin it could be but it's definitely a tough um prediction to kind of make up from the number two spot so um maybe you know i do think that this home field advantage um which is such a rarity in the sport is going to play the isu's advantage not having to take that day to travel you know they get to sleep in their own beds the night before um i think that could um be the difference in a lot of these individual events and maybe make an impact on the team um outcome as well
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree 100%. Like I said, um, I believe the MVC Championships, I don't think they have a set time exactly. Currently, it's supposed to be Friday through Sunday. Uh, Obviously, that's pending weather in normal Illinois. Uh, It's looking a little hairy for the weekend, but I guess we'll see how that pans out and uh, just follow along for updates on that to see if anything changes there. Uh, next thing i want to talk about, uh, baseball coming off of a 1-2 and two series against Evansville, and I think you can be relatively happy with how that series ended, especially. Obviously, that first game, not how you wanted it to go. Um, Cameron maybe uh, didn't have the best outing, but you, I talked to uh, head coach Steve Holm, and he mixed up the rotation a little bit, mainly to give Derek Salata the chance to kind of fix some mechanical things um, with his throwing, which if you look at the box score for Sunday's game, I would say it panned out pretty well, but he was emphasizing that he didn't think Cameron maybe had a bad outing Friday. It was more so the defense behind him didn't help him out a whole lot, Um, and then it kind of just piles on top of it. But then Jason Hibbert, another really solid outing. Um, I think he went eight innings in that one before uh, Elijah Dale came in in the ninth and unfortunately let up the run there, the only run of the game. And then, like I said, Derek Salata, seven innings of two-run baseball with... Some controversial calls in that second inning when they scored the runs. Um, there's no replay at Duffy Bass Field this weekend, so you weren't able to review a lot of those. But I think both sides had those. Um, but like I said, slot of seven innings and then a really, really strong bounce back from Elijah Dale, six up, six down, to uh, secure the win. But I think that last one was a big win because it pushed you currently into that uh, eight spot in the Missouri Valley Conference, which there's not a whole lot of room for error for the Redbirds right now definitely and um yeah that that middle game
1: of the series was just such a tough one to stomach um you know you turn to your best guy best stuff one of the best pitchers in the league in terms of a closer and maybe even just overall um and just a tough outing for him to not be able to get it done with the only um obviously it's a zero zero game so there's no room for error um but what a rebound of the day after to come back and um, get, like you said, those six outs and a uh, great way for ISU to close out um, the series at home. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I mean, they are only a game behind Valparaiso and um, now two games behind UIC. So they really need a strong weekend. To, I mean, there's still room to climb up these conference standings, and you do not want to play Indiana State. Um, you want to get out of that eight. <laughs> it's, I, it's not the same. Uh, you want to make the conference tournament, but playing a nineteen and two Indiana State team does not feel overwhelmingly better than not making the tournament. To be quite honest, so um, yeah, you want to you know find a way to pass up Valparaiso or UIC and um, avoid
0: playing Indiana State in that first round. Yeah, definitely, and you don't want Belmont to catch you because UIC um, just swept Belmont. Um, to get up to the nine wins that they have in conference play. But you don't hold the tiebreaker over Belmont. So if Belmont goes 2-1 and one in their series and you go 1-2 uh, and two in yours, Belmont's going to take over that 8-seed, and then you head into the final weekend against Valparaiso, who's also just the 7-seed. But it's a, every game's a must-win at that point. So, like I said, very little room for error. Um, I think the way the pitchers are throwing the ball right now, um, they have a good chance at just about every game. Jason Hibbard, like I said, has been stellar since he moved into the starting rotation. He was a reliever early in the year. Um, Derek Salada looked really good outside of that second inning Sunday. And then Cameron maybe had looked really good. Obviously, I think this was a hiccup in uh, what's been a really strong season for him. But I think you're going to see maybe Hibbard Salada over the next or Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the next two weekends just because it's going to be hard to switch that rotation. You don't want a lot of pitching Sunday and then Friday when he's used to a week off. Um, and then obviously you won't be able to change it the next weekend because they play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that weekend. So I think you're going to see this rotation. Uh, I think you're going to see maybe settle in. And I think realistically, if that pitching keeps up and the way like Augur Asmussen's playing offensively, uh, Daniel Pasella, all those guys, those young guys who are really stepping up, you could go 6-0 over these last six games. It, these are winnable games, but it's a matter of can you keep up the consistency that we've seen over the last probably month of baseball?
1: Yeah, it's not out of the question. Um, You just, I mean, all of baseball is just combining pitching and hitting um, and defensive play. I should mention as well. Um, And that's been the challenge so far this year is um, having the offense match the pitching and vice versa. So um, if they do that, I would say that there is not a game left on their schedule. That's not winnable. So, um, that needs to be the goal for this team right now. And um, I'd also like to mention Sokolov kind of stepped up this series and had
0: a couple yeah. strong outings. He, uh, he had an insane catch in mm-hmm. right field in that uh, Sunday win. I, I Salada pitched well, but that defense, Pasella had an insane catch. Sokolovs, I don't really know how he caught the ball. He was not looking at all. He just kind of threw up his glove, caught it, and then ran into the wall. Um, Rasmussen had a really good catch in Saturday's game. Um, but yeah, that defense, like you said, Sokolov, I mean, the go ahead home run as well. Mm-hmm. So he's been, they've needed that. Yeah. Especially, I believe he's still in the nine hole. Yeah. And they've been home talked about it. They've kind of been lacking a right fielder. Um, he's tried a couple of different things. Luke Lawrence was in right field in mm-hmm. that first game. Um, and then in the first inning a ball, what, like he came up too hard on a ball that was going to go past him. And they got an inside the park home run, I think on the second batter game, maybe the first, um, So he's been trying to figure out the right field. I think he might have an answer with Sokolov there. Um, Rasmussen obviously has been insane. Um, I did want to touch on Rasmussen real quick. Um, The uh, SID for the baseball team, Scott Beaton, sent me a stat earlier today. Through the first 22 games of the year, um, Rasmussen batted 20 for 87. That's a 230 average. Over the last 22 games, he's batting 36 for 90, which is a 400 average. Jeez, he's on fire. And I believe... He's had 22 steals on the year, which leads the uh, Missouri Valley Conference. Um, I would say if he keeps this up, I think you got a, a first-teamer right there in Augur Asmussen. Um, I think it's going to be hard to get a lot of other um, awards there, just looking around how good the Missouri Valley Conference has been in a lot of positions this year. But I think Augur Asmussen has been a really good bright spot after kind of a rough start to the year, like I said, an insane bounce back. Yeah, I mean, as
1: it stands right now, the vedette sports quote of the year is about augie rasmussen you know that young man is built like a brick bathroom um, <laughs> you know it's he just doesn't have the stature of a power hitter but he finds a way to get it done he's very impressive and um yeah i mean he's looks quick but i mean he does not look like someone that can hit the ball as well as he does and he just finds a way each and every time so very impressive gotten to talk to him a few times this year and um just to
0: stand out on that team yeah definitely and I think the biggest thing with him is he's not somebody who pulls the ball I noticed Evansville was just shifting against him and I think he had two maybe three hits that went opposite field so and they didn't adjust the shift so I mean he's willing to put the ball anywhere he needs to on the field and he's a really really good player and I believe he's only a uh, junior so they have a chance of bringing him back for one more year um Obviously, that's up to him as well, but that'd be a re- yeah. He is just a junior, um, but I think this roster is really exciting because there's not a whole lot of upperclassmen outside of the pitching staff. I mm-hmm. mean, you have Jason Hibbert, I think, is a junior. Uh, Salada's done. Cameron maybe can come back. Elijah Dale could come back, but the way he's pitching right now, you never know in terms of what kind of looks he's getting from the mm-hmm. n- uh, MLB draft, especially when you consider the MLB draft. T- what twenty something rounds? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of players go. So I think this roster is really exciting. I think they have a good chance, like I said, to go 6-0 and this coming weekend. But uh, regardless, uh, the turnaround that they've had from how much they were struggling early the year has been really exciting.
1: Yeah, you want to bring Basela back, obviously. And then Tyrell Chadwick and Thomas Harper are going to be weekend starters for this team. Definitely. And they're just freshmen as well. So really strong freshman class. You want to keep them around, um, which is harder than ever to do in um, any college sport to keep a young roster around. But yeah. Um, They're they're just a standout class, and you hope you can see what Holm is able to do with them over the course of the next um, three years after this one.
0: Yeah, one thing I wanted to point out, and I didn't know this. So if you go to college baseball, you have to be in college baseball for three years. Hmm. But you can go straight out of high school. So you have to make a decision for yourself. Do you want to go enter the draft straight out of high school, or do you want to go to college where you'll have to be there for three years? Interesting. And I didn't know that, but we were talking about it. I was like, I didn't know if Pasella um whatever considered like trying to enter the draft I know obviously he's just a freshman a lot could change but he was like uh, Scott Beaton told me I mean you have to do three years hmm. if you want to if you no enter idea. the college baseball world so it doesn't make a lot of sense but yeah know. it blows my mind I, you would think this is one of those sports where kind of like basketball you might only need a year and then you're good to go exactly. I mean I understand football you wanting to be 21 with the types of hits you taking, but definitely it's interesting um, the last thing I think we're going to talk about today, uh, just recapping the ISU men's basketball off season. Uh, they made their final uh, roster move uh, this past Thursday with the addition of Miles Foster from Monmouth. Average, I believe, it was just under thirteen and seven a game last year. Um, a huge addition, but you just it makes you wonder. Looking at this roster, you have probably four forwards who all could start, and only two of them will. And then you have probably six guards who all could easily get starter minutes, and obviously only three of them will. So this roster is really deep, and I think it's really exciting to look at it compared to last year where, I mean, you had your starters and you were confidently bringing maybe two, three guys off the bench. Um, this year, I think you have a second rotation that you could confidently throw out there for a five-minute run. Definitely. I mean, it's so hard to project how this lineup
1: is going to go, and that's... um. The thing I'm looking into right now, um, talking to Coach Peden and trying to talk to some of these, um, an incoming player, maybe a returner as well, it's just like, how um, is this team going to mesh? How's the on-court fit going to play out? Um, because it seems like they have the talent right now. Um, the ta- the talent's not an issue for this team, and um, it's just a question of how they're going to come together. And I don't have any questions about that, because as
0: much as they recruit for talent, they recruit for Character as and well, and he made sure he knew that. I mean, yeah. he, he talked about it post or post all the signings. He wanted fits, mm-hmm. people who would fit and people who would mold well with the roster, and I think he did that. Um, but you look at it, I mean, so Kendall Lewis has been a ye- year and a half starter. I think he was in and out of the lineup uh, two years ago. Um, so you have him. You have Miles Foster, like I said, who you brought in, averaged thirty minutes a game for Monmouth last year. Um. Brandon Lieb, um, former Big Ten center, he didn't play a whole lot with the Illini, but you were a scholarship player for Illinois, so, I mean, you have to have the talent there. And then I think Haruna Sissoko you'll see in the rotation quite a bit. Um, one more year of action from him, and I think those are the four forwards that you kind of see rotating. I would say the big three, Lieb, Foster, and Lewis, are going to be interesting to see how which two of those you find in your starting lineup. Guard wise though, it's just you just brought in Dalton Banks, you just brought in Jordan Davis, and you have Darius Burford. I would think those are your three starters. But then that leaves you Poindexter, Kasubke, Johnny Kinzinger, and Ty Pence all on the bench. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. I mean you have you have ten guys who should confident you could play, and then you even have an eleventh guy who you could probably throw in there. And it's just it's so hard to predict what the lineup is gonna look like. Yeah, and the thing is last year they weren't really that much of a deep team no not at all um and i think the biggest thing was their post play that you weren't deep there because you had lewis and mcchesney and mcchesney went down so you had sissoko and then you had to bring in kotoff off the bench uh, ryan schmidt every mm-hmm. once in a while um so i mean having four i would say forwards that you're confidently playing is a huge mm-hmm. upgrade
1: and you look at foster he's six seven you know doesn't seem like a five man maybe even stretch to be a four not as much in college basketball but the seven three wingspan is yeah, just it's ridiculous absolutely and he's insane. so
0: built I,
1: he is the prototypical forward right i mean so he's gonna play bigger than six seven and i heard he's you know six six three quarters you know not even quite a true six seven but he's gonna play big and um he can slide into either the four or the five in my opinion
0: yeah definitely i think I just think this is gonna be a really exciting team next year. I would say, I would probably say it's the most talented team they've had in six years um, since their uh, uh, NIT team back when uh, they played UCF here at Redbird Arena now SafQ Arena. Um, but like you said, there's no doubt that the talent's there. But it's just gonna come down to can they mold well, and if they do, I think the expectations for this team are going to be through the roof because with a lot of teams losing, um, a lot of their star players, Southern Illinois was a uh, top-five team. I can't remember if they had gotten the bye or not. Um, They lost probably their three main rotational guards. Um, Valparaiso, new head coach, you never know what to expect. Evansville just finished uh, last in the conference. Granted, um, I think there's a lot of high hopes for that team in the future. I think it's heading the right uh, direction um uic i think is gonna be a team to look out for next year um a lot of really solid additions but i just think what what the redbirds have done i think i don't know if there's much of an argument that they didn't have the best off season in the missouri valley conference
1: definitely worth something uh looking into and asking you know non-is used horses you know who had the best um valley off season? but um yeah it's hard to imagine you know if something is going to take you from that nine spot to, you know, competing in the top half of the league, I think the offseason they've had is going to do it. Um, but I think another thing is each player on this team has their own individual motivation. I mean, they all are trying to make an impact, and, um, you know, like Lieb didn't have an opportunity to play. He's really I, trying to prove himself. I'm really excited about Brandon So... You know, it's exciting that each of them have their individual motivation. But, again, the team has its own motivation. I just mentioned finishing in that nine seed for the conference tournament last year and losing the first round. But now you see I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, Ryan Peden had one of the best off seasons in the Valley. Um, ISU could be sneaky next year. And then maybe they'll finish top six or something like that, where it's like they really improved and they have a chance to be great but I see them finishing maybe in the top half of the league. I think that's an inspiration for this team,
0: that people aren't expecting them to compete. I am genuinely curious what we see in the preseason poll. I know that's a ways out, but I'm really curious to see what other people think. Because, I mean, I don't think people, like I said, I don't think people are high on Southern Illinois just with what they lost. Um, Evansville, Valparaiso, I think UIC. So that's four teams. Um, there's 12 teams in the conference. So that would put ISU at the seventh seed. Um you have Murray State lost a couple big players. Missouri State keeping a lot of players, but they were a middle of the pack team last year. Um, Indiana State um, probably still be pretty solid team. Drake brought in a couple really stellar players. It's not maybe as balanced of a team as they had last year, but a lot of it's top heavy. I would say with just Devries and the two recruits that they brought in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't see why they the Redbirds couldn't finish top four. Definitely. I mean. With the talent they have, like you said, if they mold, there's no reason this team couldn't be a Friday team instead of a Thursday team for the first time in a long time.
1: Yeah, i I hope that's the case, but I also fear that we might be cursed to another year of hearing the term log jam every yeah. every chance that's possible. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a dogfight fight in, in the M V C in each game. I think, um, you know, every team can win and every team can lose. And obviously that's not true of every team, but I think that's going to be the mindset going into a lot of games for a lot of these teams. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's it for me. Anything else for you, Reed? Um, well, I do want to mention that my the rumor I was trying to start that Abby fight would come home to ISU, <laughs> and it did not exactly pan out. Um, of course, that wasn't based on anything other than I wanted to see her come home, um, play for ISU, but she did go to the Power Five, and I was – I think that was her goal is just to go, um, out. It's hard to transfer in conference. Um, and it's hard for someone as talented as her to, you know, stay at the same level when she has a genuine, um, ability to, to compete in the SEC. So, um, yeah, uh, would have been cool to see her come home, but I'm really excited
0: to see what she's able to do at the next, um, in that Power 5 conference. Yeah, definitely. I think that last scholarship spot for the Redbirds is going to be an interesting uh, development here over the next couple weeks. Um, but uh, I think that's it. Anything else? That's all I got. All right, so make sure to follow along on our Twitter accounts uh, for all the updates based on transfers uh, this busy weekend ahead with the Missouri Valley Conference Championships um, on our Twitter accounts at the underscore vidette and at viddy underscore sports, and we will talk to you guys